24th of May, 1738, about a quarter to nine, John Wesley says in his diary, my heart was strangely warmed. That was the first move of God in his life. He didn't stop there. He read the word of God. He said there's something more than a warm heart. I don't want a warm heart. I want a heart on fire. And so he preached the entire sanctification, the very God of peace, sanctify you holy. Because John Wesley came over here from England and, and he was thrown out of the church, but the reason that he stuck with it and he was so faithful and he came over here and he brought the fire to us. So John Wesley brought such tremendous revival to the nation and I believe God wants to restore again this powerful at one time denomination that the enemy has just strictly just uh, put through the mill and, and yet there are men of God that are still hungry and God is wanting to touch you again and wanting to recommission the Methodist Church with the power of God with the fire of God with the zeal of God that Wesley knew that Wesley understood and a righteousness a message of holiness and uh, wants to again just fill you again with the spirit of God the spirit of wholeness spirit of fire and a spirit of evangelism that's what marked the Methodist Church was evangelism taking the gospel out into the streets out into the highways where nobody else would take it and I believe God is wanting to restore that tonight you're the remnant of that and I believe this is going to just uh, spread all across the nation
condemnation now I dread Jesus all in him is mine alive in him my living head and clothed in righteousness that one verse again. I didn't grow up singing these songs. And so all of you good Presbyterians there tonight are going, man, he's slaughtering that, Wesley. All you good Methodists are going, man, that's our heritage song. And I've never heard it quite done that way. Well, I never quite heard it, so I just did it my way. But you see, when I sing these songs and you know, we're, we're, we're like 800 and some services going and counting and whatever. And, you know, I used to worry about people who went and traveled in ministry and they were out all the time just losing the edge and, and, and losing the conviction. But when I start singing these songs, I jump in the middle of the lyrics and I realize this is me I'm singing about. And I look around this youth choir and I see kids up here who have testified and said, we were going to commit suicide. We were already laying the plans. Kids up here whose lives were over at the age of 17, 18. Many people in this revival, I've watched too many be saved. It's, I just can't lose my passion. I'm sorry. We've got too many people in the church now that's lost their passion. They need to... They need to get on their face before God and regain their passion. Long my imprisoned spirit laid, I was fast bound in sin and nature's night. Lord, but thine I diffused. A quickening ray. I will I never ever be the same the person ever, 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 ever. And I know now I have the best feeling ever. If I was to die tonight, I know I would go to heaven and I would be with him. I would be with him.
It's amazing. It's a battle. The rock and roll takes the drugs and things you don't want that mess no more. I wrote out the perfect plan to murder both of my parents. But that same woman that I wanted to kill spent every night of her life on her knees praying for me. that I would be so in love with Jesus before I got saved. bound in sin and nature's night Lord but thine eye diffused a quickening ray I awoke I have and this falling inside of me that can't won't go away all, all I can think and all I can say is I'm sick of working for the devil I'm gonna work for Jesus Feel that that voice in my head said, "You're nothing. You're just an Indian. You're just you're just a stoner. You're just a punk. You know. And you know what? I'm an overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony."
I gave my heart to Jesus. I want to thank him for pouring out his spirit on our generation. <laughs> Jesus is the lover of my soul. And tonight as I'm baptized, I want to bury anything that would keep me from him. Jesus, I love you. There is freedom in your glory. 
says or it's actually said that the glory of the Lord is his manifest presence and in his presence there's freedom and there's healing tonight there is healing in your glory healing in your glory there is healing in your glory his presence. Come on, church. There's healing in your glory. So how familiar you are with the revival in Argentina there's such an outbreak of God there that there's some churches that have to have church 23 hours a day everybody talks about the revival in Argentina but I'm going to tell you how it was born it's an old man named Edward Miller he went to Argentina in 1950. He said they were gripped with such intercession that they didn't know if they were going to live or die. That they didn't care as long as he was there. This went on day after day after day. Meals were forgotten. Sleep was just a necessity. Some, they were so gripped. They repented, he said, until there was nothing left to repent and still they felt to repent. He coined a phrase, he called it vicarious repentance. Where you're not just repenting for yourself, but you literally get under the load of sin that your city is carrying. And you begin to repent for the city. 
It's what Jesus told the women to do on the road to Calvary. He said, weep for yourselves. For Lord, we have turned away from you. We've failed you, Lord. We've disobeyed your word. We've disobeyed your commands. And Father, we throw ourselves on your mercy. And we say, have mercy on us, O Lord. Because we failed you in things we've done and things we've left undone, Jesus. Because we want to please you. We want you to take all of us, Lord. Have mercy on me, my unfailing love. Have mercy on me, Redeemer. Please open my eyes, my soul now set free. Lord, I surrender. are great and there are many Lord but she has turned her back on you oh spare her Lord the punishment that I know you have in store 
hospitals, Lord Jesus, dying with AIDS. We pray, Lord, that your mercy would be stretched to them, Lord. Let your hand of mercy and healing, Lord, come into their room. That those that have, feel, have felt alone and abused all of their lives, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would raise them up as soldiers of yours. Oh, God. God, bring the healing. Bring the healing, Jesus. Bring the healing, Jesus. Bring the healing, Jesus. Because you're the restorer. God, you're the healer. God, you're the redeemer. You're the one who takes something that's worth nothing and breathes life into it and makes it worthwhile. Bring it, Lord. <laughs> oh, bring it, Lord. Follow where you 
11 something services we've been going here. And a lot of people looked on and thought, man, if we could get something like that going, wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, you know what? I don't know if it would or not. I tell you what I think would be wonderful. I think it'd be wonderful if the power of God would fall on our nation. I think it'd be wonderful if people at the 7-Eleven had to get up off the floor because they were trembling under the glory of God. The Bible says that the, the glory of the Lord is going to cover the face of the earth. But it's got to start somewhere. And what we're after is revival in the streets. I don't know if that lady's here that had that picture. Are, are you here? Yes. Can I have that for a second? See, they showed me this this morning, and I tried to act real calm. This picture's been bothering me all day. You can't see it, but it's a picture of kids. I, I don't know if they're out of this church or what church, but coming back from Brownsville. God fell in the van because they were broken. And they had such a move of the Spirit that they literally just pulled over in the parking lot of a gas station. They're laying all over the ground. People don't dare touch it. They don't dare bother that. The, the, the gas station guy said he wasn't going to bother the big man. He didn't know any other way to refer to God. Policemen said it's all right. People that drove up to get gas get nervous. I'm telling you, there can be such a visitation until, until the man in the gas station says, what do I need to do? Until the policeman that drives up says, what do I need to do?
do you really want to affect this city? Do you want to affect your family, your friends, your school? I don't know if you understand how, how, how passionate I am. I long for the day that some high school teenager will bow their head in the lunchroom somewhere and pray over their food and God show up so strong that the presence of God walks into that lunchroom and people are converted and convicted and fall left and right, not out of blessing, but out of repentance. That's what I'm after. One of these days, we're going to get a call from a high school. They're going to say we got 2,750 students all over the grounds. to get to that point we have been racing to false finish lines it's not time to start coasting yet there's still some distance ahead of us let's press in toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and I don't know of anybody that had nobody has had what's available nobody has had what I think is coming and it's time that somebody just laid down the gauntlet and said God I'm after you over the last few days there has been a restlessness in my spirit I mentioned to pastor that I feel very unsettled I feel like the ground underneath me is shifting I feel as if something is about to change. Now the Lord knows I love change. I thrive on the unknown. I enjoy the uncertainties of life. I'm extremely uncomfortable when everything is cookie cutter predictable. When the earth begins to shift, when I hear roots being pulled up out of the ground, when I feel the wind on my face blowing in a new direction, I like that. Over the last several days, something has been stirring. I can't stop moving around, 
There is something on the horizon, something big. I can't touch it yet. I can't gaze upon it with my eyes, but I can feel it. It's there and it's moving closer. My spirit man is speaking loud and clear. He has overridden my carnal nature and is raising his voice. The first time I heard my spirit man was 22 years ago. He told me when I got saved that I was a child of God. My spirit bore witness with God's spirit that I was God's child. Now the spirit of the Lord is telling this child of God that something's up. The Lord would say to everyone in this place, live unsettled. The Lord would say to everyone in this place, live unsettled. Don't sink too deep into the soil of this earth. Keep your head up and your feet moving. Stay alert. Be sober. This morning early, the Lord spoke clearly these two words. I'm coming. The day of my return is at hand. Loose yourself. Loose yourself of any ties that bind. If you don't loose yourself, I'll help loose you. Prepare the way in your own heart and then help prepare the way in others. I want no obstacles. I will have no obstructions. I will return for a pilgrim people. He said to me, let the church know that the day is approaching. Warn them. Don't wine and dine them. Tell them clearly. Don't mix words. My word, my water is pure. Don't taint it. Make it clear. Let my people know it's about to happen. What is about to occur will change world history. Nothing will remain the same. Let the unbelievers, let the skeptics, let the religious ones know that what they fear the most is about to happen. I'm going to say that again. Nothing will remain the same. Let the unbelievers, let the skeptics, let the religious ones know that what they fear the most is about to happen. Every fear known to man will be swallowed by the terror of the day ahead. Fear will overcome fear. Dread will overcome dread. The violent will be overcome by the more violent. My final work is at hand. My spirit's wooing is about to seize. No one will grieve me anymore. No one will quench my spirit anymore. No one will resist me anymore. Their days are over. Let them know my warm season of grace and mercy will soon turn to a chilling winter of judgment and wrath. The warm days of my wooing will be exchanged for the fiery days of my vengeance. My pleading for the souls of man, the passionate cry of the faithful harvesters, the unselfish service of my holy servants, all their labor, all the charity, all the pain, all the suffering, it will be over. I have heard, says the Lord, the groans of nature. I have heard the midnight cries. My church has been begging my return. My bride has been longing to be with me. The plan of the ages has almost reached fruition. The tree has borne forth its fruit. 
The fertile soil has yielded the harvest. The planting will stop. The laborers will leave. The sickle will rust. It's almost over. I'm coming back. I will not delay my coming to you. So don't delay your coming to me. Jesus, we hear you. We hear you. When I say something right now to this group of people, everyone within the sound of my voice, if you knew what we knew about the rumblings out there, there's a rumbling, there's a, there's a rumbling across the world right now. We get the calls, we get the emails, we get the faxes of what's happening out there. It's at the infancy stage, it's at the very beginning, and you may marvel for what, two years, three years, that's incredible, friend, in God's sight. He is beginning something right now that's going to culminate in his second coming. He's beginning something right now. He's getting his bride ready. And take a look at the church across the world. We're not anywhere close to being ready. This has got a sweep all over. It's got a sweep from coast to coast. It's got a sweep to Finland and Germany and Japan and Australia and Russia. It's got to go into South Africa, South America, into Central America. It's got to touch every continent in this world. saying to me and what he's saying to you this could go on and on we all know that but you need to live as if he's coming back tonight now he's not coming back for a weak church he's not coming back for a helpless church he's not coming back for a stained spotted wretched church he's not coming back for a church in adultery he's coming back for a church that's anticipating. They're looking. They're anticipating his return. A bride that's looking up to heaven saying, Jesus, Maranatha, Maranatha, come back. Come back. Come quickly, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. All I want you, I don't want religion. congregation. I don't want another Bible. I don't want another wife. I don't want more kids. I want you, Lord. There's something in the deep part of me that's crying out. Seek me with all your heart, you shall find me. Here's 
floor. It's not about preaching. It's not about evangelizing. It's not about pastoring. It's not about buildings. It's not about money. It is about the Lord Jesus Christ. So praise Him. Praise For God is love, this King. 